Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Why do you think I'm teaching this morning God's Word? Why did I ask you to get a Bible? Because you will think like you, but you've been influenced by the world. So we have to think like God thinks. Amen? So notice, changing the way you think, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. That's the way we defeat the second. I don't need to be squeezed into think and live like the world lives. Now, I'm not any better than them, but I can live very differently and be in the will of God. Isn't it amazing how quickly things are changing in the world? New ideas, concepts, opinions. Coffee is okay. Wait, no, it's bad for you. No, wait, it's okay again. (laughs) It can be dizzying to try to think about. Don't even mention the societal changes. Wow. So you might ask, how should I think about these things? What is the right position to take? Well, Pastor Mark's teaching today will point you in the right direction. He'll be teaching about mankind's basic problem and what the answer is. More importantly, Pastor Mark will be telling you the source of all the right answers and how to access them. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Ephesians chapter 2 as he begins his message, The Truth About All of Us. Wikipedia says there's 206 sovereign countries in the world. So that's 206 different nationalities, we can say it like that, of people. So as you look about that, people are different everywhere around the world. They're very different right here in our sanctuaries. So this morning, I want you to look and see who's different around you. And I don't want you to just like, like, oh, like this. I want you to look around you. So let's start looking right now. Let's see how many things you can see that are different. Take a look at people that are a different age than you. Come on, young, old, whatever. A different nationality. Ask them to speak their language. See if you can even understand it. Okay? Skin color. You can kind of tell how high they are. Are they short, high, tall? Here's one that's a little sensitive. Don't say it. How much do they weigh when the person looks around you? How different are they? Okay. Here's another one. Anybody around you have no hair? Look around you. How many have hair? How many have false hair? As you look around. Now, here's a sensitive one. Look around. Do they have more wrinkles than you? Is there anybody here with no wrinkles? No, we're in the wrong place. It's the kids' ministry, the baby bottoms. That's the only people that have no wrinkles. You say, Pastor Mark, what are you talking about? Well, the title of today's teaching is simply this. The truth 
about all of us. Paul is going to give us one truth that's true about every person ever born ever. And it's going to be very interesting as we go through. So even though there's lots of differences, remember 206 different whatevers, we're all the same in one area. We begin Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. Three very interesting words. Dead, transgressions, and sins. The word death means separation. It means separation. And there's actually in the Bible three kinds of death. When we die, our body will be separated from our spirit. You see, you were created body, soul, and spirit. When we die, this old body goes into the ground, but my spirit is still with me. Now, that body that's separated from our spirit, we call that physical death. And other than the rapture, we're all going to experience that. Our body is going to be there, and it's going to be separated from our spirit, which goes to one of two places. Now, every person in the world, since Adam and Eve, after they sinned, has been born a sinner, dead, separated from God, holy God. We call that spiritual death. See, if you're separated from God spiritually, it's spiritual death, not physical. Many people around our world are physically alive this morning. Their body's there, but spiritually, they're dead. They have no relationship with Jesus Christ. Third, if a person never becomes a Christian, never becomes born again, never has a personal relationship with God, they're going to experience something very different. It's called eternal death. Separated from God forever, Because they will spend eternity in hell. Notice verse 1 again. As for you, Paul's talking to the church, the church at Ephesus. Today, the area of the world we would know as Turkey. They're believers, Jews and Gentiles. And he's speaking to them and he says, you were dead in transgressions and sins. Now, you'll see how this all worked. Romans 5.12. When Adam sinned, Adam and Eve in the garden, sin entered the world. And Adam's sin brought death, separation from God. So death spread to how many people? Every single person. The DNA of man was corrupted with Adam and Eve. It spread to everyone. For everyone sinned. Every person is born a sinner, separate, doesn't matter, the age, at the youngest age, a baby is born with a sin nature. We sin by nature and we sin by practice. Now, two words that we talked about sin, transgressions and sin. Here's an example, a transgression. It's a deliberate, willful act of disobedience. Notice, there's the sign, beware wet paint. And there's the bench. 
I won't ask you to raise your hand. You already know where I'm going, don't you? How many of you would go, let's see if it's really wet? And some of you would be stupid enough to go, let's see if it's really wet. And your wife is going to scream forever because you can't get the black paint out of your pants. Now, why did they put that sign up there? Because they're just making fun with people. Is that right? No, it's to do what? To protect you. Don't do a stupid thing. Don't sit down. It's wet paint. Why did God give us his word? To make fun of us? No, to protect us. So notice transgression. A deliberate, willful act of disobedience. God gave us the commands in his word to obey. So it would be good for us. How to do life right. The word of God protects us. It's good for us. Now, when we deliberately choose to do wrong, we do it because of rebellion in our hearts. Trespasses our sins, we commit knowing they're wrong. Adam and Eve committed a trespass. They knew, God said, don't eat from that tree because you will surely die. They would die physically later, but they died immediately spiritually when they partook of that which was told not to do. Now, all of us here understand this because we've all deliberately sinned. Even as a Christian, we do from time to time. We lie, we steal, we've not loved our neighbor as we're supposed to be. See, there's sins of commission, lying, stealing, that kind of thing, looking at a woman with lust or a guy with lust or whatever. But there's sins of omission. I'm supposed to love my neighbor as myself. Nobody here has done that all the time. Not a chance. That's transgression. The next word, sin, it means missing the mark. This is very different than the other one. This simply means this. I'm trying to do the right thing, but I'm failing. I'm failing. I'm trying to hit that red spot. I'm trying to obey God. And I just simply don't do it. It's not, I'm going to miss it. I'm trying to do the right thing for God, but I don't do it. Let me give you an example. The Bible says love is supposed to be patient. Now, when you mix the word patient and driving in Brevard County, I'm trying to obey God. I want to obey God until I look in my mirror and somebody is inches from being in my trunk. Anybody know what I'm talking about at all here? Yeah. Are you the people that are trying to get in my trunk? So when you see that, you're kind of, okay, I'm supposed to be patient, not to be patient. And you look up and getting closer and closer and closer. Now, what do you like to do when you do that? Well, I like to slow down just a little bit. Don't look at me like I'm crazy. Love is supposed to be patient. And then when that person gets so angry, they drive around you. And you know what's really good? You get to the red light before they do. (laughs) And you go like this. Hi. (laughs) Ever done that? Don't do that. You might get killed right there. (laughs) You understand. I'm trying to do the right thing, but (laughs) 
can't do it. We understand that. That's what happens in our life. I'm not automatically doing that. I'm trying to do the right thing, but sometimes I just don't do it. Now look at verse 2. In which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. So why do I sin? Why do I do trespassing? Because of this, we have three spiritual enemies in our world. All of us have these. Christ followers have three enemies. You're a Christian. You have three enemies. The devil, the world system, and our old sin nature. Now, Peter wrote this in his book, First Peter. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Notice Satan is real. A lot of our world doesn't believe there's really a Satan. Of course there's a Satan. And his goal is to still kill and destroy. See, life is not a playground. Life is a battlefield. That's true for every single one of us. Satan, the world system, my old sin nature, trying to get me to go against the word of God. This is the will of God. This is where life is to be done. Now, it's understandable for us that what we do comes because what we think. As a man, as a woman, think in their heart, so they become. So I want to think like God thinks. Remember, the word of God is the mind of God. Now, those three enemies try to get us away from the mind of God, the scripture, the word of God. God has a perfect solution for that. As I'm battling my own flesh or Satan or the world system, God understands that there's something happening here. Look at Romans 12 2. Watch this. As you get ready to do this, let me explain something. The world system in our world, television, advertising, radio, reading stuff, movies, all that stuff. The world system is run by Satan. And he is trying to corrupt the way we think. He's trying to get us to conform not to the way God thinks, but the way the world thinks. The values of Satan are very different than the values of God. Anybody think in the last 50 years, we've changed away from God and we're more like Satan? Anybody think? Yeah, all kinds of things in our lives are that way. The morality is totally changed. And all kinds of things in our school. Remember, our kids could even go to school in one day and they don't even say the Pledge of Allegiance and maybe even a prayer or something. No more, no Bibles, no nothing. Our whole world system is trying to do one thing. Squeeze us to think like them and not like God. By the way, how is Satan doing? He's doing very well because we missed something. But I can beat that. Watch this verse, Romans 12. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing, look it, by the way you think. Look at me for a moment. We're going to leave that up there. How can I change the way I think? Don't think like the television. Our world is secular in the United States. 
We're not a Christian nation any longer. But the way I can change my thinking is to think like God. Why do you think I'm teaching this morning God's word? Why did I ask you to get a Bible? Because you will think like you, but you've been influenced by the world. So we have to think like God thinks. Amen? So notice, changing the way you think, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. That's the way we defeat the second. I don't need to be squeezed in to think and live like the world lives. Now, I'm not any better than them, but I can live very differently and be in the will of God. Now, look at verse three. All of us, that's what I've been talking about today, all of us. All of us also live among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of my old nature, my flesh, and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Now, let me explain. You have a holy God, and as a sinner... I'm separated from a personal relationship with God. And my sin, my sin nature, my sin practice, if I don't solve that issue, I will be judged by a holy God because God is just. I'll be judged, and that just simply means my sin, I will be judged for. Now, when you become a Christian, who took my sin? Jesus. I'm no longer judged for it. There is no wrath against me. I'm already forgiven. Amen? That's a good thing. But if I don't, I'm going to be judged for it, just like anything else. A holy God has to judge sin. I want you to see the definition first, and then we'll read the verse. God's wrath is related to God's judgment of sin and its consequences. Now, this verse that you see, John three thirty six. This is written by Jesus. Now watch this. And anyone who believes in God's son has eternal life. Anyone who doesn't obey the son, which means you refuse to become a believer. That's fine. Not interested. I'll stand before God on my own. I don't need any help. Oh, you need help. (laughs) Look at doesn't obey the son will never experience eternal life but remains under God's wrath, simply angry judgment. So it's my choice. So when you see that happening in a life, that is the end result. People who refuse to live by God's truth, refuse to accept the gift of salvation, which we're going to see in a moment, they will experience God's judgment. In the end, when they die physically... There's going to be physical death, but there's going to be also eternal death because they live their whole life separated from God and said to God, I'm living this lifestyle. God says, okay, that's your lifestyle forever. Well, Pastor Mark, I knew God was an angry God. His fault. No, it's not his fault. It's my fault. I get to choose. Where I want to spend eternity. Heaven with God or hell separated from God. It's my choice. Now, here's that solution. All of us were dead in our trespasses and sins. We need a solution. 
We have three enemies. Is there anybody that can help? Well, look at verse 4. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. Wow. Notice what we see there. Here's what you see. This is amazing to me. When we started in this passage, where were we spiritually? Well, we we were in the grave. We were all dead. But God, he raised us out of that cemetery and he made us alive. Is there any contrast? Okay, did I lose you? Was it that complicated? Let me ask you a simple way. Is there any contrast between death and life? Hello, there can't be any greater contrast. Let me give you an example. You're visiting a town. And all of a sudden in that town where you used to live, you run into somebody that you went to school with and then went to college with. And you go, is that really them? And you look... And it is. And you go up to him and say, I almost didn't recognize you. And the person says to you, well, it's because I lost 50 pounds. Whoa. What's the first thing you ask them when they tell you they've lost 50 pounds? You got it right. How'd you do that? Where's the magazine? How much does the plan cost? Where can I get with it? I just want to know how, right? Okay. Your husband's with you. He runs into somebody the same deal from school, from college, and he sees this guy coming. Just like I am. And <laughs> careful, careful. And he's got muscles like this. His legs look like that. Almost looks like a woman. He's got pecs up here like crazy. What's the question you're going to ask him? How did you do that? How many days do you spend at the gym? Do you have a Schwinn Airdyne at home? I want to look like you. I'm not saying that. Yeah, I want to look like you. There's the contrast. Now notice, the contrast with the person that's lost the weight, the contrast with the muscle person, it's what they did. You got it? What they did to make the contrast. When I'm talking spiritually, I was dead in sin. But now I'm alive. It's not about what I did. It's who did it for me. But God. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, but God. Come on, right now. But God. Where would you and I be this morning without God? I'm in the cemetery. (laughs) I'm dead, separated from God. So see, the solution is not me. It's God. That's so powerful for all of us. God makes us alive. God makes us alive. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark introduced you to three words that relate to all of us. Dead, transgressions, and sins. You learn the differences between transgressions and sins and how neither of these should characterize the life of the Christ follower. You were also reminded of the three enemies of the Christian, the world system, your own sinful nature, and the devil. We 
know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue the teaching, The Truth About All of Us. He will be speaking in practical terms what the world system, your sin nature, and the devil are, so that you can arm yourself against them. He will also begin to talk about spiritual death, which is the state of all people before coming to Christ, and spiritual life, which is only available through Jesus. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.